Hello and welcome to this week's Stats Bomb Podcast with me, James York, and... Ted Knutson. We're back, Ted. We're back again. We've been around the world, and I, 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 I brought James back, actually. I felt good about that. I, I didn't lose him in Los Angeles. We have been around the world, rather. Um, Los Angeles is really good, and we've got a podcast recorded with interviews from people at LAFC, if you missed that. We talked to actual football people. Look at it go. Oh, it's good. And thank you very much to, to Bob and Will for donating their time, because they obviously didn't have to do that. And, uh, and we appreciate it. They, actually, yeah, thanks to LAFC for like being just totally welcoming. Uh, Max Odenheimer as well. Yeah, it was good to see him and, and see him thriving in, uh, in that team. Yeah, no, it was really cool. You know, former Stats Bomb, well, Stats Bomb alumni Max Odenheimer used to have some stuff on the site. So, yeah, and he's in, he's in there working at a, te- a team now, so really good. Um, but, yeah, we're back now, and transfers are still going on. I think it slowed up this week a little bit, but I dug around and tried to find a few kind of, you know, talking points, shall we say. I feel it slowed up, but it's got to go somewhere at some point, right? Like yeah. we're, we're under a month away from the, the window closing on the Premier League teams. And kind of as as we mentioned it, it is, you know, fits and starts. The, the Premier League clubs are getting leveraged because they have, are being leveraged because they have money. And um, yeah, but like there's some, some really interesting deals going on, not least in, in the championship, but one club that used to be near and dear to my heart. So <laughs> yeah, we'll cover that because they are doing some interesting things. Right, the first thing I want on my list is Griezmann on vacation. I don't know. I don't know if he is on holiday. Maybe he's just on a normal holiday. But I'm sure I saw a headline this morning saying he, saying he was off. He was off for thirty days. It seems like quite a long holiday. Is, is he hanging out with Neymar or Neymar's sister? <laughs> well, this was your comment, wasn't it? Like Neymar also uh, slightly not training right now. Uh, although... I feel like this is the Gareth Bale move all over again. <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure he quite did. Gareth Bale went on a pre-season tour of um, Far East when just before oh, it, it was just like the, the August period that he vacationed then. Yeah, well, eventually it happened and that was that, <laughs> but... Yeah, you could you could say it was that. Um, that's going on. So you don't know what's going on there. It all talks about Barcelona like arranging finance for this, wanting to wanting to pay Atletico in instalments, and Atletico being like, we're not having this. Sort sort it out. And and meanwhile, Griezmann, who I don't know, he's a good player. He's twenty eight, hundred odd million. Mm, not wow. I'm not wowed by this deal, but it looks like it'll probably somehow find a way over the line at some point. Um, Super not excited by it, but whatever. Like he's he's on the backside too, right? How old is Griezmann now? Yeah, 28. That's what, yeah. 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 I, I could just I can imagine being a recruitment analyst at, at Barcelona and being like, can we just like play Malcolm instead? Like, uh, just like Malcolm Coutinho, uh, Dembele, uh, Suarez, Messi, that seems fine. Like, why do we need Griezmann? What are we doing? Yeah. And the best part was allegedly a cash crunch to try and make all of this happen. Yeah, I mean, it's weird, isn't it? I mean, like, a couple of teams, I mean, we were talking last week about, like, Juventus and their seemingly endless pool of funds and stuff. And over time, I remember Barcelona, I remember when Barcelona bought Coutinho, I, I was convinced at the time that they just couldn't, they wouldn't be able to get the, like, funds to make that one stick. And then they did. Because, <laughs> uh, of course... Um, uh, I mean, they they sold Neymar. There were there were a variety of things going on, but they bought they bought Coutinho and Dembele for like huge fees, and then continued to buy like more players. Mm. And it was like, how are they doing all this? But anyway, you know, it's, it's a good question. Not my Did reason you... to question these things. Uh, yeah, uh, uh, <laughs> football funds are 
ever opaque. <laughs> yeah, so it looks like yeah, it might happen with... So uh, one or both allegedly going to Barcelona. Yeah, that's well, that's the thing. If Griezmann goes, you're not going to surely can't go and then buy Neymar on top, and Madrid can't buy Neymar surely because they've spent lots and lots of money already on. I mean, they've bought Hazard, and Hazard pretty much plays in Neymar's positions. That's that, you know, that's just not going to happen. Um, yeah, the fun, the fun second phase rumor was that Barcelona were trying to find a home for Ousmane Dembélé potentially at <laughs> at Liverpool, but I think one of the issues is like. He's really good, but he, you know, seems to have problems showing up on time for training, and, and Liverpool certainly wouldn't want to mess up that group. So, uh, always a, a tricky one. It is, isn't it? Because he's, you know, ornately talented, certainly. And I mean, if I was, you know, in charge of Barcelona, I'd be perfectly, well, I'm not perfectly happy, but I'd be looking to like maintain him within my squad. Uh, rather than going out and spending literally hundreds of million on like Neymar, who another ornately talented player certainly, um, but like moving towards the wrong end of uh, his age age curve kind of thing. Um, I don't know. That's the thing. You know, if someone gave you Neymar, you'd be like, yeah, great, brilliant. This is excellent. I'll build my team around it. But I just don't want to go and spend like 150 million on him or whatever it's going to take no he's a he's a totally dedicated professional though so you know makes perfect sense yeah <laughs> <laughs> sorry moving right along uh Pau lopez so we got a 20 million euro goalkeeper going to roma yeah i'll tell you why i've put this one out because he was on loan at tottenham for a season oh from espanol and he did, he did. He never played a game. It was just two two years ago, I think. Never played a game. And um, and did now Roma used to manage at Espanol. <laughs> yeah, maybe there was a little bit of like mm. friend friendly stuff going on there. Come and come and train with us, kind of thing. But I I just saw the deal and it was like, oh my god, Roma has spent like twenty million on a keeper. I think he's probably quite good, but it just seems like um, it just took me by surprise, shall we say that you know. Uh, a keeper which could go for like so much money when they were, you know, I think he's probably quite decent, but like, you know, relatively unheralded. I don't know. There was a few deals knocking around in Italy recently. We didn't, we haven't talked about them yet. I can't think of any off the top of my head. But they were like, you know, kind of like twenty-five millions for like left backs and stuff like that. And it's like, okay, right, that's fine. That's just how yeah, things are these they're, days. They're like almost uncommentable deals. You're like, yeah, sure, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's just football. Like football. Transactions have a cost. So Paul Lopez, two years ago, we had him as like the third best goalkeeper in shot stopping in in La Liga. Uh, this past year at Batiste, uh, looks like uh, not anywhere near that. Uh, pretty big fluctuation in, in his shot stopping. I don't know. It, it'll be interesting to see. Like we're still learning about kind of how the metrics work and <clears throat> and details of the model there are. Um, well, we, we've, we're adding improvements to it. So trying to make that one better. But yeah, you know. I feel like anytime somebody spends like 20 to 25 million on a goalkeeper, we're going to be like, that feels like a lot, you know, just for for so many years, goalkeepers were almost like a transactional cost of like, you know, five to 10, yeah. 15, unless they were superstars. Yeah. Now we're in a stage where yeah, people are actually spending like genuinely large amounts of money on goalkeepers frequently as well. It seems like, you know, obviously the two deals that came to the Premier League, Allison and Kepa last season were, you know, 60, 70 million Ederson um, the year before was yeah, that's 55 true. or whatever. So it was pretty big as well. So I guess it is, is getting, people are getting a bit smarter on that. Smarter, maybe. Should we, should we turn <laughs> to the bees? 
Yeah, go on then, because Brentford, good old Brentford, have been splashing the cash, so to speak. Um, although, like a quick run over them. A transfer went through this morning, I believe, Ted, that we, we might kind of like balance the books a little bit on what they have been doing. Yeah, so uh, for those of you who don't know, I used to work for Brentford. Uh, you probably do now, but some there are some new people that have been listening recently. So I used to work for Brentford and Mitchelland and... Um, yeah, the the Brentford model is very much you know buy low, undervalued talent, uh, help develop it, not just you know buy fully realized talent, and then um, you know sell it on when when people come in and and pay good prices for them. So uh, this window, they have now agreed to sell Ezri Konsa, uh, who they got from I think Charlton the year before, and I was quite surprised. Like very good young young talented centre back. I think he might also be formerly of the Chelsea Academy at one point, but I'm not 100 percent on that bet. Um, th- there's so many players, hard to keep up on the details unless you're like Roud, uh, <laughs> where where you apparently have all of the English academy system in your head. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, and, and I have bought Ethan Pinnock, uh, centre back, uh, Pontus Janssen. Uh, so. Pinnock's deal, 2.5 to 3 billion. Pontus Janssen heard a pretty big range from like 4 million pounds up to 5.5. Matthias Jensen, who looks like he's going to come in at like somewhere between 4 and 5 million. And we loved this kid, loved this kid last year uh, in Denmark. And then he went to Celta, who seemed to buy Danish talent. And then he didn't get to play because Celta were like an absolute mess last year. Uh, So he's moving on. Uh, David Raya is a goalkeeper from Blackburn who had a good league one campaign, but a very middling or slightly below average uh, championship campaign last year. And finally, Norgard, who's another Danish midfielder who was in Italy, I believe, and didn't get that much time. Um, and, and to me, this re-gearing and this rejigging and Norgard, like that, that, that defensive midfielder position has been a hole since I was there. And we knew we needed to fill it, but we could never find a guy that we thought was good enough at the right price that had the skills. They're pretty happy with the skills now. Um, so anyway, looking at it, it, it's, it feels like they're going for it, which is really unusual. Like you, maybe you build up assets for a long enough time and then finally you're like, yeah, okay, I'm ready. Let's do it. It's good. I mean, I like it. I, I, specifically like two of these transfers. I like the Pinnock deal. I think Pinnock's really good. I think he's a really useful centre-back, and I've watched him quite a lot, and I think that's a good deal. And I like the Jensen deal because, uh, again, he's someone I've watched a, f- a fair bit, and I liked him in Denmark. And when he went to Celta, I thought, like, this is good. This is fine. He can, you know, he can fit in here. And I don't know why that deal hasn't worked out for whatever reason, but, you know, one of these, you know, four or five million quid kind of, like, Right, he's only 23, I think. He's very talented. He can do a lot in midfield, a lot of different things. Um, he's very good on the ball, good passer. Um, he's got some defensive chops as well. And, like, I don't know, if I was any club, I'd happily just pay that kind of money for him just to, just to like, try him out and see if he can if he can work. So, I like those deals particularly. Obviously, Jansen was decent for Leeds uh, last season. Um these are good signs. I don't know much about the keeper. I don't know much about Norgard, but like you know, the, these are ones that have raised my eyebrow, and I'm I'm quite intrigued to, to see how these um, these players get on because what's they, interesting they is that Brentford have enough depth in attack that they could actually sell one of their wide attackers and and not lose that much. Right. Uh, so that yeah, I don't know. It's uh, it's apparently quite a busy summer there, and uh, they have transfer funds that have basically even stocked up like the Mepham money from. Uh, Bournemouth move. They sold Yunaris to China. Um, 
Woods who moved to, was it Stoke in the end? Yeah, nearly moved to Swansea, then eventually moved to Stoke. So yeah, they, I mean, obviously they sell well. And at some point uh, you potentially look to reinvest, but it's pretty cool. Should be a, should be a fun final season at Griffin Park. Totally encourage you to go there if you're in and around West London for a match. Uh, it, it is old school and almost no frills whatsoever tucked in amongst the, the row houses out there. So uh, they will be moving into their, their new stadium after this season. <clears throat> talking, of places, talking of places you go to watch a match, um, you go to LAFC. That's, that's quite, a, quite an experience. <laughs> yeah, that was... Hard not to talk about it. I got chills just thinking about how much fun that was. Although maybe don't go on a fireworks night because they didn't launch them out of the stadium. And oh my God, the smoke was so thick. There was a lot of smoke there. But there were fireworks on and off the pitch as I was pleased. Oh, mainly on the pitch. But anyway, yeah, but no. So so, so we went to this game. Uh, we we were invited to, to come watch those against Vancouver. Home match at LAFC is unlike any experience that I've had in North America in terms of watching football. It feels like a, a great atmosphere, lots of singing. Like the the stadium is brand new, really excellent. Uh, very some very cool features going on there. Uh, totally, yeah. It it is a pretty impressive uh, venue, and the the team obviously hugely impressive too. Gave up an early dumb goal with a, a goalkeeper mix up. And then merely managed to win 6-1. So, yeah. uh, they lost last night, Ted. They played in the cup match, lost 1-0 to ah, Portland. Yeah. Tired. Lot, lots of lots <laughs> of back-to-back-to-back games. But yeah, they, they, they won the one stand they've got. They call them the 3-2-5-2. And they just, like, just, just sing. They, there's a standing section. They sing and they wave flags and they let off kind of like smoke flares and whatever it is. Like for 90 minutes, when the other team scored, they didn't. when Vancouver scored, they didn't stop singing. It was almost like they didn't even register it. And there was ta- they were tailgating outside the stadium beforehand. And just... Just great vibes, real good fun. Honestly, it's like experience like like little else in the and certainly for like you know so- soccer in America. They've ha- having having right seen now. lots of matches at the Emirates, I can say that uh, LAFC <laughs> was a bit more fun than that. <laughs> a little bit more lively. Anyway, we I've diverted there. We should get back, back to, back to transfers. transfers. Yeah. How about we go up north? Right. Yeah. Jay is- Rodriguez to Burnley. This one stood out for you, didn't it, Ted? I. It feels very natural. So there. are two teams up there that buy almost relentlessly British. Mm. Uh, one of them is Burnley. They just seem to, to be like the home of, of British, you know, middle tier players. Uh, decent enough for the, the, you know, the bottom end of the Premier League, um, top end of the championship, and then not much better. And then uh, Sheffield United, actually, uh, who've just been promoted, are just consistently that, that recruitment profile as well. Uh, we've watched kind of all the teams just to see like what funky recruitment profiles they have. Uh, Bur- uh, Barnsley up there only by children uh, so you know, if you've got a child just be slightly concerned that they'll be that's decent football and they'll be sold out from underneath you at some point um, that was a joke come on ah oh. what oh, I'm sorry lo- I, was, <laughs> I, was letting it, I was just letting it ride through it's fine it's good good joke Ted <laughs> <laughs> thanks Steve alright so uh, no more Burnley talk Tyrone Mings how about that uh, that that one actually kind of caused a pause on Twitter, as everyone read it, and then went, "Wait, what?" Yeah, and then they went back and reread it and <laughs> said the same thing. It was the fee, wasn't it? I mean, I don't know what the fee was. Like, I've put twenty million next to his name here, but like when the, when the deal went through, the first talk was like twenty six point five million, which was like, "What the hell?" That's um, that's a lot of money for him. Um, okay, I can understand Villa wanting to like you know get get him signed up for 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 the season. He's you know part of their promotion push, but it feels like they 
slightly had their pants taken down on the fee anywhere 20 million or up feels like very much on the high side um it's also weird to see Bournemouth do quite well on the other side of a transfer. Yeah, no, that's a fair point as well. They haven't always done that so, that so well. So, I mean, and I was thinking he got injured, didn't he, when he went to Bournemouth to start with? He's out of the team for a long, long time. And then yeah, he had, he had a huge injury right at the beginning. So that's another like small factor that makes you like kind of wince at the feet a little bit. Again, I'm not, you know, no insight as to his current medical conditions, and maybe he's absolutely fine. Are but you a doctor, James. I'm not a doctor. Do it's you play a doctor on television? Not yet. Uh, it could change, but not yet. You um, were in Los Angeles. Anybody there can be a star. <laughs> <laughs> we didn't see any stars, did we? Although we had a wide range of Uber drivers that were very. <laughs> <laughs> Very interesting. Um, the less said there, the better. Uh, yeah, so it, it was mostly, I mean, Villa fans were very defensive of this. But now Villa fans are, like, in full defensive mode. The the people that do the transfer stuff and comment on it, like, somewhat professionally, are like, eh, I'm not sure the Villa summer has been particularly good, especially for the prices that they've been paid. And Villa fans no, no. We, we have to, like, rebuy the whole squad because, like, everybody was on loan in the championship and blah, blah, blah. Uh, look, good luck with that, guys. That's, yeah. that's all I can say here. I, I, we're not impressed by almost anything that's been done in terms of like the overall packages. Now, if these have you know clauses in them and say like the real fee is ten million and then plus four that was for um, the Matt Target or something like this, and if Mings is actually like you know fifteen million plus if they stay in the Premier League, yeah. extra clauses or something like that, like, it's a little bit different. But nevertheless, you know, in terms of like pure talent grabs. You look at what Brentford are doing, look at what Villa are doing. Eh. I mean, Konsa, I think, is good. Konsa's, like, going to be an excellent backup for for their centre-back group. Um, you know, if he's not a starter, he's still very young. So, like, that one actually makes sense to me. And, and you know, 12 million feels like peanuts for any sort of Premier League side. Villa should be a Premier League side if they... Yeah, guess, if, yeah, if if economics were to kind of work in their favour, <clears throat> I guess yeah. If he's twelve million, then I mean, prices have just gone up, haven't they? Again, maybe this is maybe Mings's price is kind of like closer to the the real world than we actually you know think nowadays. It's it's difficult. So skeptical though. Every year it happens. But we look all around Europe and can find guys that you can get for reasonable prices, even if you're like a, a lower tier English club that we know are good. So. I'm not. I'm not so sure about that. Yeah, I know. And you know, going back to that Matthias Jensen deal for like five-ish million, you know, there's 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 more of them around than you probably think. And you know, I think I think people who look at um, transfers and look at like, potential incomings, you know, most of us would be quite confident you could go out there and find a, a find a few like three or four players for the price of some of these one players uh, <laughs> that's going around but some you know, of the new wave of uh, of internet analysts are very confident they can find all these good players so. well yeah this is it i mean you know this the, 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 there's uh ways around this you can you can look at data and you can get ideas and you can you know start a process and yeah anyway talking so we of, to china yeah talking of process china's woken up uh, <laughs> and decided to go and buy players again uh, yeah, but not for crazy, crazy numbers now. It feels like China got a bit smarter. The early waves were absolutely nuts. And, and these waves are merely sort of almost Turkish waves. And the players that they're buying are actually pretty good. They don't even feel like a wince or anything. They they, they should do quite well in, in the Chinese league. So Arnautovic, 
to, to yeah. SIPG for some number. Yeah, I mean, Arturovic, <laughs> who'd been obvious, I think quite evidently had been um, dangled a huge contract in front of his nose at some point in the last kind of like seven or eight months because he was angling for a move in January and he's finally got his move in in July. Uh, yeah, for 20-something million. I think West Ham, I mean, I don't mind Onatovic as a player. He's, he's fairly decent. Um, as we, you know, the world knows, low rents Latan, but he's he's fine. Um, but they're probably West Ham are probably quite well off out of that whatever they were paying him and the deal they had and raising some money because he's thirty. Um, they've got probably twenty something million back for him. Um, you know, that's that's a good sale, I think, just at the kind of like point of where he was at with things. Um, I would have sold him at allegedly forty like last mid season, right? Just. Off you go. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, like, like if there if there was more money on the table, then certainly. But you know, you never know what, what the uh, machinations behind all these things are. But yeah, I I, I think West Ham have actually done uh, quite well to kind of like extricate themselves from his deal. It may kind of give leaves a vacancy there a little bit for a forward at West Ham. I wonder. I wonder if they'll I've be active. I've heard now. rumors on that one. Dare you say, Ted? Dare you say? Yeah, we the, we're not just talking about done deals here. There's a yeah, you know, the good the rumors coming from West Ham are fun. Uh, one of them was Maxi Gomez, but it feels like they won by not winning that transfer because the price just didn't make sense anymore. Like Gomez, who we quite liked like a year before, was part of the messy Celta stuff. Like there's some question as just like how good he is right now. He's probably at least league average in in La Liga, which is good. But mm. do you want to pay like forty five billion for him? Yeah, probably yeah. not. I mean, that's the thing. He's kind of like a finish. He's a finisher type as well. So it's, it, I don't know. I was. I mean, it's a finisher type is great if you've got a lot. I mean, they've got quite a lot of good setup players at West Ham. But I, I don't know. You still, I still. When you're paying forty five million and up and whatever it is, I still want a bit more of an all rounder. Uh, so the all rounder that that was rumored right behind that was Sebastian Haller. Uh, oh, right. who, who obviously would have been a, a damn fine signing. And you're like, whoa, that, that would have been unexpected, and not really in West Ham's range. But I heard a, a follow-up rumor last night that said that Haller probably turned them down, which I think he turned them down once before. He'd also turned down Norwich before, like back when he was first breaking out in, uh, in the Eredivisie. So we'll see what happens there. Haller, he's kind of at that point where he needs to make that move, though. You know, he's, he's right coming into his peak it feels like you know Frankfurt aren't quite big enough for him if he's got like real ambitions to become that top tier player. Didn't make the Champions League. He's good enough to play in it. We'll see what happens. Another Chinese transfer, uh, actual one as opposed to rumor, I believe. Did it? Yeah, El yeah. Sharabi go through. Strong. What went through? Sorry. El, uh, Stefan El Sharari went through. Apparently, yeah. He's gone into Shenhua for like fourteen million. I guess he's, he's from Milan. I think. I think his 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 career's kind of stalled a little bit. So. You know, one of these kind of players that you wonder if he could pick up the thread, and you know, it probably makes sense that he's he's moving out of the big leagues into a kind of like a smaller locale. Um, he was incredible as like a twenty-year-old, and he had a, a, a year, a year and a half out with foot problems and potentially ankle ligament problems and stuff like that. And I think that really kind of you know put a put a, a ceiling on him that it almost looked like he didn't have before. So obviously, the injury bug can bite you. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, that's that's what he, it feels like. That's where his career's gone. You know, he's got to the stage where he's just kind of like, you know, dro- dropping down. I mean, I guess we're kind of past the point where someone like Oscar, 
or Carrasco like goes straight to China in in like on the peak of their career. Um, maybe we haven't seen one of the, one of those for a little while. I don't I mean, know. It's hard to say because like the the pay deals there are so good. <laughs> yeah, that maybe you're not past it. But you know, some someone like an Arnautovic certainly looking for their last contract at 29 years old. You're like, look, I'm going. Just get me out of here. I want that three four years of of stupid money. Uh, at, but like you know, for some of these guys that just want the money and are willing to pay, you know, play out there, be a superstar in in China, which is a fascinating place. Uh, you know, it I can still see it happening, but we're not seeing like an eighty to hundred million deal, and and probably won't with any frequency. Yeah. Um, ooh, I have a good one for you. Go on. Do you know that Newcastle are without a manager right now? Big Sam turned him down, so I hear. Um, Still without a manager. And Steve Bruce now favourite. Steve Bruce. The thing like this was, just, I don't know what I read, I think it was this morning, it was like Steve Bruce has been 10 years out of the Premier League or something. It was like, really? Steve, Steve Bruce has a job, did you know? Yeah, but... Yeah. I, he didn't get to coach Hull when he brought them up, I think, because they uh, moved him along. Yeah, and then Villa went funny. Where is he now? I can't even think. My mind's gone blank. Sheffield Wednesday. Of course he is, yes. Uh, he does currently have a job. Yeah, so... But, you know, Geordie, you know, tough to turn down Newcastle. Although, I mean... I don't know. Newcastle seems to be in a funny place regards uh, kind of managers and whatever. The Allardyce one was funny because he got fired from there, right? Yeah. It, I, when it took when they took over, was it? It might have been when Ashley took over. I can't remember. Yeah, I, I felt I felt that same sort of thing. Now James and I are old, and our memories are not so good. So for those of you who have much better memories or follow this much more closely than we do, I apologize for causing you pain. Anyway, I, I thought it was really interesting, and uh, the thing that Steve Bruce has been really good at is getting teams into the Premier League. The team, thing that Steve Bruce has really not been good at is uh, keeping teams in the Premier League. So yeah, but that's mean- okay, Newcastle. <laughs> and it's it's funny. I mean, I I I don't really want to call Steve Bruce uh, like a you know a dinosaur English manager because I don't I feel he's I feel he's slightly different to that. Um, however, you know he's he's a veteran manager. He's managed a lot of clubs. He's got a lot of experience. He still doesn't feel like the kind of forward thinking like concept manager that we kind of would prefer in that role. So you know, good good luck game. to him. But yeah, I, I don't know what to think either. You know, I think he's kind of like right on the cusp of being good enough for the Premier League, but the league got a lot better out from underneath him, and, and that is a problem for him as well. Did you see the, the Gary Monk stuff from Birmingham and his agent? I, I've only got a vague awareness of what was going on there. Uh, yeah, I haven't so, actually read the full articles on it, but it did, yeah. it did sounded a little shady. <laughs> yeah, it seems like it was shady, and then there were allegations of further shadiness of forcing people to to do transfers through his agent and yeah i don't know it's it's a thing that we used to hear more about just like little rumblings almost like distant thunder in the press the the press didn't necessarily want to cover it that aggressively because they didn't want to lose their access but it's been an ongoing problem and a particularly english problem at least here now I, I talk to people in football and they're like, you know, the, the corruption that you hear about in other places also is is ridiculous. Uh, and to the extent that like you don't necess- almost ever see that in uh, the U.S. sports, uh, but you do see it in, in other places. But I don't know, like it's it's just a thing that, that feels like it's, it's almost outdated and outmoded uh, in that like 
clubs don't allow this to happen anymore. It's interesting that someone was even trying to to make it happen now in kind of the modern recruitment. And it feels like it, you know, if you are trying, like, just don't make it stick out like a sore thumb because it's pretty obvious. Yeah, I guess that's it. Sometimes you get like, like not a power vacuum, but like you know, new owners and uh, like managers in in situ or like you know, mm. favorite agents that potentially, potentially there's gaps that kind of get filled and and such. And I'm making no allegations whatsoever here. I don't know what happens at all ever. This is just alleged rumor <laughs> that we had picked up at multiple of the press sites <laughs> and happened to mention it. All right, so back to rumor. Oh wait, no, we've got one more one more confirmed. Yeah, uh, Martin Odegaard to Real Sociedad. It's about time Odegaard got got a chance in the big leagues, and uh, the numbers he's been putting up in um, and he's been Holland, hasn't he? The last couple of years have, have have been enough to make you think like, right, okay, let's see this kid, see what he can do against, uh, you know, against kind of like uh, proper kind of like men's defenses, so to speak. And so that's going to be really interesting because uh, obviously Madrid still own him, and. I don't think you know he's still only twenty. I think so. We're not at a stage now where you could you could even call him a bust, which you know you might presume he was because he was so young when he went there, and he's been there even though he's been there for years, and he's still very very young, and uh, you know going to be a fascinating season like going forward to see if he can you know transfer his very evident skills into a higher level. So yeah, I'm I'm intrigued by that one for sure. Odegaard came on the scene so young that I feel like he and Oliver Torres should be about the same age. But Torres is now 24, uh, which means that, yeah, I mean, like, we've known about Odegaard for five years now, right? He's yeah. he like 15 when he first broke in playing against men in Norway. Not a great league, but, you know, Odegaard consistently an excellent passer. His game has changed a good bit um, over the last couple seasons of Vitesse. Not purely a creative dynamo, but now much more two-way. You know, he's getting stronger. It's tough to, it's genuinely tough if you're, even a mid-size, you know, normal kid playing against full-size men that are five to, to six years to seven years older than you. Oliver's one that still has never really found his legs, despite being wildly talented, playing at Porto. His statistical output is consistently awesome, but he only played 1590s last year. I think he was in and out the year before. It's a, hmm, it's a weird one. I, I think both these guys are great, but you never know quite, quite why things aren't working out for somebody either. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, there's a long way between being, say, 15 or 16 and, and you know, your peak, which, you know, probably you're going to be thinking like, say, 22, 23, 24, when you're really going to be, you know, hitting your stride. And if you're going to be a top player, then it's going to be then. And that's a really, you know, it's a lot of years in between one and the other. So, you know, plenty of things can change and happen in, uh, in between one and the other. I'm going to bring up a rumor that I'm going to let you talk about it because I'm still on hiatus for <laughs> People, people took exception to this last week. You refusing to talk about Arsenal. Go on. What we got? Zaha for yeah. money and yeah, one of Chambers, Elneny, or Jenkinson. No, I believe the I believe the paper story was all of them, which is <laughs> which is just the most summer, summer news. The summon, most summon news you can have. I mean, it's, it's literally kind of like football manager stuff. Just like, right, what can we, what can we, what can we cobble together? Just what's, what can we find behind the sofa? Oh, look, there's Carl Jenkinson. Well, he he can go in the deal as well. Wilfred Zaha for money and a law firm. <laughs> yeah, basically, it's, <laughs> the, the, the the storied law firm of Cheng- Chambers, Elneny, and Jenkinson. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe, maybe, maybe not. I don't know. There's still noise around this. I, I, 
I can't see that kind of thing happening. Uh, Arsenal just going to have to pay more money or it ain't happening, and that doesn't feel like that's going to happen either. Um, Their wide kid like has now fallen off the charts, and again, you don't know why, but the the Maurice, like Alex Maurice something or other, um, who I thought was a good buy at anything below like 15 million euros, and now he's like, oh, well, you know, could go to these second tier, third clubs, Gladback, uh, like what's going on there? That's a that's an odd one because anytime, so we actually there was a story in uh, in the the news yesterday talking about how League One now suddenly is like the fancy place to find talent. And like part of that is you know, actual quality of talent versus price. But uh, yeah, we we still think League One and League Do or League Do are quite good uh, for talent. Anywho, um, oh, there's another kid that was at League Un. Not last season, but the season before, I guess. Malcolm, who also mm. has an, an Everton Arsenal rumor badge on him. Yeah. What do you think of Malcolm? Yeah, well, I quite liked him. Um, at, he was at Bordeaux, wasn't he? And he felt like he felt like a kind of like Everton-ish signing then. And then he went to Barcelona, which just didn't make a lot of sense at all. I guess they brought him in as, what, Messi's backup, maybe? And then Messi was fine all season and obviously not going to rest him very often because, you know... So he just didn't really get many minutes, and now now he's been linked with with moves elsewhere. I don't know. I think he's, he's a pretty talented guy. I think you, you could you could expect some upside from him. I know. Yeah, Mo writes on the site. He's got an article out this week reviewing his uh, kind of like evaluations of wingers. So check that out if you haven't. Um, you know, Malcolm was someone that he he liked at, at one point as well. I um, also thought Malcolm was pretty good uh, for that. Not Barcelona tier, but the tier below. Hmm. So, so somebody who needs a player that can kind of move the ball forward, change the game. Uh, maybe his shot locations need some work, but quite young uh, when he came out of Bordeaux, like what twenty one, maybe. Yeah, and he's pretty zippy as well. You know, quick, yeah, beat he, man. You know, there's a deal to like about him. But so th- this is one where not going to work out of Barcelona. Can you get a good deal? This is like you're you feel positive about it. Yes, let's do this. Either for Arsenal or Everton, both of whom need a bit of that. Although um, the question is like, why doesn't Adamola Lookman get a, a look in? Yeah, uh, if you're if you're buying Malcolm, I don't know. I, that's that's not for me to answer. But yeah, I at, what's the right price? Like thirty five to forty. Yeah, it's, it is probably somewhere around there still. I, I don't think you know Barcelona can expect to like uh, uh, upsell him for for more than they got him for after he you know didn't really play. Um, it depends what they're doing though. I mean, maybe they do have to grab a few quid here or there just to fund one of these crazy Griezmann or Neymar type deals. So, Chelsea, there probably is a a way out. Chelsea, they need a right-sided attacker that isn't Willian. Uh, Pulisic comes in on the left. CHO is probably. Are we we still in the realms of Chelsea not having any transfers? I mean, is that ever going to get lifted? It's running out of time if it is. I mean. it's suspended, right? Is it? I think so. I wasn't sure about that because, like, they've uh, done. They've, wrong. they've done nothing, Ted. They've bought nobody. Although, if I mean, I did one thing. I didn't put on our list was Coutinho was reported to be not in Valverde's plans. Um, so, like, that's. I mean, that was the Coutinho to Chelsea was like the most kind of like surely that would happen in a normal summer. Deal, is I Kia, think. Is Kia his agent? Yeah, yeah, I mean, I don't know. 70, 75 million. Coutinho to Chelsea. You could you just see that happening. Everyone's happy. Just kind of ticks by. Um, but, like, you know, maybe that won't happen in the in the current situation. So, 
So yeah. you have a you have a rumor listed on here. James did our rumor list today. And <laughs> I I didn't have this one for Everton. I had this one for Wolves. Uh, Diego Costa. Yeah. I mean, it seems like after having an absolutely miserable season, like kind of plodding around up front for Atletico. That he Costa- was terrible. Unequivocally <laughs> terrible. I can't remember someone was on about Costa Rick quite like a few months ago, and like he's got a couple of really good seasons in his record where he scored like lots of goals and was dangerous. Probably the Chelsea's title seasons, and then the rest of the time he's he's kind of like uh, it might have been you and actually was on about it some while ago, and 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 the rest of the time his seasons are just kind of like not so good. And then obviously last season was particularly bad, and he is like thirty. So he had two to three electric seasons at Atletico. And then he had two out of three very good seasons at Chelsea, I think. Mm. And then obviously, you know, he, he's probably mostly done. He's just like, yeah, whatever. And uh, and the Wolves rumor that I saw, <laughs> I I framed it as, you know, the, all right. So the devil comes to Wolves fans in 2016, and uh, and he says, I can get you promoted to the to the Premier League. And the Wolves fans are like, well, this is amazing. Not only will I get you promoted to the Premier League, you will finish seventh. In your first season there, the, I I can't even believe how incredible this. What's the catch? And, and and the devil goes, I will occasionally ask you for a favor. <laughs> and the Wolves fans like, okay, this can't be that bad. Like, like what? Um, I may ask you to buy Diego Costa. And the Wolves fans is like, this is amazing. Like Diego Costa in 2016, this is fucking great. <laughs> There's no downside to this. Exactly. Sign me up. <laughs> and then he comes, yeah. I mean, you could see him going, I don't know, anyone with a kind of like Brazilian stroke, Portuguese stroke lineage or whatever, you could kind of like imagine at Wolves in some way. So Wolves are like the Manchester United, but only for people that speak Portuguese now. Yeah. Uh, you could see any, any number and any player going there at any time. Yeah. Ronaldo? Sure, why not? <laughs> so I could, yeah, I mean, it wouldn't be the most surprising. And Wolves kind of do, well, I mean, Jimenez is pretty decent, but you feel like, you feel like a kind of like, an, I mean, he's not a next level signing, is he? That's the thing, Costa, he's, he's not that anymore, but there's still, uh, someone could get hoodwinked on that, I imagine. I got, yeah, list list of Everton rumours. Like It was like Diego Costa, Moyes Keane and Nicholas Pe- Nicholas Pepe for 58 million. And it was like, okay, well, this is a random bunch of bunch of uh, links. But then Everton have been notably quite, kind of quite quiet. They've um, converted the uh, Gomez uh, deal into a permanent. I don't think they've uh, converted Zuma yet, although it was talk they were going to. But, you know, Everton have spent quite a lot in the last few seasons. I uh, can't last couple imagine of seasons. they can take on, like, more budget slash salary without outgoings. I, I mean, I'm not... I'm not sure of it, but it would be really weird given the size of that squad. Yeah, we do keep coming back to that, and it doesn't feel like they've actually done much about it. But at some point, you have to run a budget, right? Like at some point, you got to get some guys out, even if it's just like for wage packages. Here, buy him for five, buy him for ten. Okay, now we've got yeah. you know, anywhere between fifty and hundred k a week off of the budget. Off you go. Yeah, it's it's a really weird situation with Everton because for so long you felt like they weren't like the type kind of team that would. You know, kind of like splash cash, and then suddenly they did. And uh, but it feels like, yeah, sure. But it feels like they're like one or two signings off. You know, potentially a top six run as well. So if they if they get it right, maybe maybe they are interesting. Uh, yeah, I, I mean that's also due to the fragility of some of the top six teams. Yeah, yeah, that's very true. You know, team have United teams. signed anybody? 
not since Juan Bizaka, who we right. headlined on last week, so I don't think they've got anyone else. But there's um, Solskjaer's out there saying that, you know, trying to defend Pogba, despite Pogba and his agent seemingly saying he wants to go somewhere else. Is he on holiday as well? <laughs> This is an <laughs> epidemic of holiday. <laughs> yeah, you all had six weeks off. We're back training. No, we're still on holiday. Okay, that's fine. You have more holiday. I don't know, actually. It's but, an odd-numbered summer. Yeah. Long holidays are expected. Sol- right? Solskjaer was very supportive of Pogba um, uh, in his <laughs> in his interview quite recently. So, I mean, that's the thing. Like, you know, you can easily go through a, a you know, Man United or someone and say, like, oh, Pogba's going to go. Lukaku's going to go. And, you know, the, the he... He, he, whoever's going to go, and they ain't all going. So I'm pretty know. sure Lukaku's going to go. Really? Oh dear. I, I get a, I got a feeling in my bones. Okay. It's, it's, we'll, we'll leave it at that. I'll not press you now. <laughs> right. What have we got? Left? One last rumor: Roma in for Alderweireld, which was a bit of an odd one. Uh, so you got kind of picked up yesterday, and like, I mean, it's supposedly got a 25 million pound clause. Uh, I think that's. It's pretty much accepted as fact. I guess it must be. I don't know. I mean, I'm not I'm not in Tottenham's financial department. I don't know. Um, but why has nobody else come and bought him for that money? It's the, you know the, the, just the general quality of Alderweireld as a even uh, you know slightly older. I mean, it's you, surely Juve would have come in for him by now. <laughs> their collection of players. He's um, not Italian. <laughs> they only buy Italian centre backs. That's very true. They're, they're I'm not of, sure that's like a hard and fast rule, but it feels like it. No, it feels yeah. There's 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 players over over the history of, of football that are just either were either either Milan or Juve centre backs, and they were Italian, and that was just that was just their lives. There's <laughs> such a strong lineage of uh, teaching how to defend. So Roma have often been part of the uh, the Premier League reclamation project. True. Where they 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 take in slightly shabby Premier League players, polish them back up, and spin them back out to the Italian audience. Uh, usually done pretty well with that. I mean, I, I think Alderweireld is is really good. Uh, I don't know how long his legs last for. Should last for a little longer in in Syria. Uh, makes a lot of sense there. Uh, very talented. Even at I think opening play, he's quite good. So yeah, he's uh, Manolis go anyway. So they kind of need to to replace that space so that i mean that one makes almost too much sense not to do um so james yeah we've got some things going on have we i think so <laughs> but you finished a project well you finished the start of a project last night hey yeah the project yeah. that you're still not telling anyone about exactly not allowed to leave but uh <laughs> we'll talk around it and it's really cool uh so that it's is... imminent though ted isn't it next few days so we can say that <sighs> much Yes, I. Uh, the 15th is when you'll see things, hopefully, as long as the rest of the world cooperates. Um, <laughs> you will definitely see some things on the 15th and also on the 16th and then on the 22nd and later. Uh, so that's great. And James has been working on that and uh, including the fact that I drug him around Los Angeles, uh, forced him to eat tacos. That was fun. Nice tacos. Uh, yeah. And then we also have a conference that we are going to start selling tickets for, I believe, at the end of next week. And we're going to start to announce some of our speakers who are also very cool. Look, it is a very 
exciting summer, even above and beyond the transfer window. So that's excellent, Ted. You've basically announced nothing in that little segment, apart from announcing the fact that there will be announcements. Yes! All right. I'm (laughs) getting really good at this now. Thanks. (laughs) There are announcements coming of things that are yet to be announced, everyone. We'll stop stop teasing you on Monday. Stay Uh, stay tuned. (laughs) Be hyped. It'll be good. Also, you've got two podcasts this week, so stop your complaining. That's very true. Okay. Thanks for coming on, Ted. And we'll speak again. Bye.